Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Osiris. Good afternoon, everybody. We are live. This is the Helping Friendly Podcast. I'm RJ. I'm here with Jonathan and Megan. Hey, guys. Howdy. Hey, RJ. How are you guys? 
Good, Jonathan, you look nice and green. You've got a, like a button-down shirt. You're sporting like a it's, Brian Brinkman look today. It's nice and cool here today. It's like I, I sat outside in the cool air while it was raining on my porch, so I wasn't getting wet and ate my lunch. And it's dreamy. I can't wait for this weather to be here to stay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's almost, it's the end of summer tour, which means it's the beginning of fall automatically, right? Yeah, no. I'm sad about that it. how it works? That's how <laughs> it works, right? Quite. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have a we have a guest today who is at Alpine. He just, he just walked into his house from Alpine. So this is all very fresh for, for all of us. We've been having a spirited discussion about the last night of Alpine on our text chain. Um, Brian is in the airport pre- preparing to... Preparing to leave um, Wisconsin or trying to leave Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> not that he has anything against Wisconsin, I don't think. But um, and we're gonna so we're gonna bring in Justin, our guest, in a minute. Um, I guess first I should just say that um, we had been running this contest all summer, as people know, with our friends at Passion House Coffee. I was just drinking some Ocean of Osiris coffee. Um, it's it's darn it's darn good. And you guys should before the end. There it is. Look, Jonathan is drinking it now. Um, before the end of this campaign, you guys should go to passionhousecoffee.com and use the code Osiris to get free shipping on coffee. Um, we have a contest, as I said, that where we're giving away bags every time Fish plays an ocean song. And last night we didn't get any, we didn't get any entries. So what? that means well, maybe there's bad yeah. service in Alpine. Maybe that's why. Well, they're certainly bad service at Alpine. That much I can attest to, um, just from being there on on Friday night. But I do think we're going to keep giving away bags of Passion House coffee. So I think we should, we can say that you can, in retrospect, tag us if, if you Ooh. think there are, there are ocean songs from from this past if, weekend. If there was an omission, perhaps maybe maybe you didn't notice it at the time on your couch tour viewing, but you're like, yeah. hey, you know, this might count. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good yeah. call. So we'll do that. So keep just keep keep telling us. Um, keep telling us if you hear ocean songs. Um, and thanks to Passion House Coffee for for helping us do this. Um, they are really great, and, and their their coffee is 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 very good. So passionhousecoffee.com. Use the code Osiris for free shipping. Free shipping is expensive, so just believe me, it's it's worth it. Um, anything okay? Anything that you buy by weight costs more to ship. So coffee good point. Yeah, right true. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for seeing. We're 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 on a roll. Um, Jonathan, are you doing anything on August thirty first in Denver? Uh, yeah. Once I get to Denver, I'm probably racing over to the Larimer Lounge with uh, my good friend Brian Brinkman, and we are hosting a uh, a cool event, uh, music and conversation, as it says here on the screen. I think that's well put. Uh, we uh, will be interviewing the band Taper's Choice who will, after that, uh, play a set of music for us. And that will be a great way to kick off a long weekend in Denver for Fish at Dick's and all of that the following four nights. Everybody should come out and join us for that. You can get your tickets at osirispod.com slash Denver, I believe. And I know this because it says so right there. So um, <laughs> check it out and come and say hi. And uh, I will be there. Brian will be there. You should too. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really, really just excited for you guys. Cause it's going to be an awesome night and an awesome kickoff to the weekend. We've done a lot of these events. We did Ardmore AC, did AC with Megan, did Ardmore with a bunch of people. 
we did Milwaukee, Brian and I did, and now Denver is going to wrap it up. And um, these events are great. They're super fun. So if you're there in Denver the night before the Dick's shows, come out to Laramie, Laramie Lounge, say hi to everyone, and listen to some great music. Um, okay. So should we talk about this this show? This show is controversial, this uh, last night of Alpine, according to the yeah. internet. I'm excited maybe, to talk about it. But maybe not according to Jonathan. So I guess we'll, eh. we're going to find out. So let, let's bring... Let's bring Justin in. Hey, Justin, how's it going? Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, so, Justin, tell us about your weekend. Did you uh, did you did you go all three nights? Have you been driving back and forth? Like, what what's been your? Oh, now I see your shirt. I saw your shirt on the webcast. Did I see your shirt on the webcast? You you might have. Yeah, you definitely could have. Were you on the rail? No, no, I wasn't. Were you in the pit? No. Um, oh, geez, I saw someone with a shirt that like with two big letters on it in the in the front I, row last night. I was trying to figure out what it was. Um, I have more than one of these, and I wore it to a, to either night one or night two. I don't usually wear fish shirts, but so I jumped on at uh, at Merriweather. I uh, did both nights of Merriweather. Drove back to Michigan. Uh, went to Blossom. Uh, drove back to Michigan for Pine Knob. That's my home shed. Uh, drove to Atlantic City. Drove home. Skipped Toronto, drove to Alpine. Oh, you've seen a lot. Wow. Yeah. I've been I've been I've been very uh I've been very, 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 very fortunate this year. Uh throwing the three Deer Creek and the four MSG and I've had a pretty good year. Um, you know, I, I'm shocked by the low ratings. Last night's show was a blast, you know. Um I it's always you know, like that for everybody that's there. Everybody's always having a good time. The weekend, um, I thought at Alpine was incredible. Um, I made some really, really, I met some really, really cool people and made some incredible friends. Awesome. Amazing. That's great to awesome. hear. Um, yeah, this is a, this, that's a lot of shows and you saw some great shows. So we're going to, we're going to find out from you, like what, how these, how these shows stack up um, to the, to the other ones that you've seen. But I guess for those people who weren't able to be at Alpine, could you give us a little bit of a sense of the vibe of the show I, going in Sunday night? I mean, this is a this is a serious serious situation here. I was I was watching the webcast. I went on Friday night, and then last night watched and watched as the pavilion kind of filled up. Um, but we didn't get to see the you know a lot of the stuff that you got to see. But uh, I'll just say first that the vibe of the show is sponsored by our friends at Section One Nineteen, which is the premier apparel brand where many fans shop to represent their favorite band in everyday life. I have my, my dancing bears shirt from section 119. Megan has the same one. Sometimes we wear it on the same day and, and yeah, feel, let's sometimes, feel really cool. Yeah, no, we should. Mm -hmm. um, but you can get 20% uh, off using the code summer 20, 20 summer 22, go to section 119.com. And um, they have a bunch of new gear. They just released some gear today, some new donut stuff this morning. So um so go to section119.com and use the code summer2022 summer to get a 20% discount. That's too many twos. I know. Every time I read it, it's summer2022, but it's yeah. not. It's, it's, not. Just, it's just summer22. Yeah. Anyway, Justin, tell us about the vibe going in. Uh, the venue is, uh, is absolutely beautiful. Um, I park in uh, ADA, and it's got a separate entrance that winds you through the trees and the you know, the golf course and stuff. And, um, you know, it feels like a private entrance almost, but it was, it was my wife's first time at Alpine. You know, I told her of the history 
a lot of dead history, a lot of um, fish history, a lot of, uh, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan's helicopter going down, all of the, you know, stuff that's happened there. And um, it's just a special place. It's a historic venue. And uh, it's humongous. I mean, you know, we were lucky to be in the pavilion uh, all three nights. The lawn is, you know, like nothing. It's a lawn like no other lawn. Uh, very, very, very steep. There's a lot of walking up uh, from the parking lot to get in. But uh, the staff was really friendly. The vi- I mean, everybody was just, just a regular, you know, a wild uh, fish party vibe for the weekend at Alpine. Oh, nothing better than that. Yeah. The anticipation on Friday, um, just everybody's so happy and in such a good mood and just everybody, you know, everywhere there's people, you know, hugging and everybody, you know, I ran into people that I'd seen at like Trey and Grand Rapids and Blossom and Pine Knob and Merriweather. I just never had a chance to talk to them. And then it's like all of a sudden I'd see them in the bathroom or see them like, you know, walking in or leaving. Just so many, you know, fish like moments. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it's always good to get that situation on the scene where you're particularly after like third night of a run, after a bunch of shows on the tour, you know, you're seeing the same people you've been seeing and everybody's just relaxed, happy, you know, you know where you need to be, you know how to get there so you can take a minute and, you know, chat and take it in a little bit because as of today, tour is kind of over. So it's good to have that moment. Yeah, I thought going in on Friday, that was the only show I saw. But yeah, it was everyone was just so excited to be back. Um, Justin, was there any feeling about the the show last night going in, like what people were expecting? I mean, I I, I know that in the on the internet and in in my world, everyone was was expecting like a, you know a pretty epic show. Yeah, I think anything last night, you know, less than Big Cypress was going to be a big disappointment for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, when they opened with Landlady, I think a lot of people, myself included, thought back to the show three years ago where they opened with yeah. Landlady and they played, you know, a, what's uh, known as a pretty, uh, pretty well-liked show with a lot of bust outs. Um, and then the Runaway Gym, which they hadn't played since I think, uh, Man won and they don't play a lot anymore. And then the Divided Sky, that's a pretty solid, you know, mm-hmm. one, two, three. Um, you know, like let's get down to business, uh, opening, you know, yeah, yeah, cryptic. So, um, I thought I the um, divided sky was really well played too. You know, it seemed like they were the the landlady also. It seems like Trey was like really concentrating on 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 hitting those those songs. Did you feel that there? A- absolutely. I, I think um, uh, not both nights two and three at Alpine, I thought were were Trey nights where he you know, where he did the whole, you know, rock God thing and, uh, and played in almost like a Hendrixian manner at times. Yeah. It's yeah, interesting that you say that. Cause I felt like he, he was having a little, I think in the beginning of the show, he sounded tighter, but as the show went on to me, it sounded like he was having a little bit more trouble playing really delicately and intricately. And like some of the softer moments weren't soft, like in Reba or Slave where, you know, usually he, he's able to really take it super delicate and super pretty. And I felt like Hendrixy is a good is a good kind of way to explain that because I felt like he was playing a little bit more like fast and aggressively. And sometimes it didn't it didn't land in some of those slower songs. 
I don't know. I thought it landed pretty nicely in the Reba, which I listened to right up to the minute we uh, switched on this, <laughs> this thing. Um, I thought it got quite lovely and took his time in it. I thought he had a little trouble getting into gear in Landlady. Missed a few bits here and there, but not all of them. It was largely good. And mm-hmm. Divided Sky was great. But yeah. I, I do think that he was playing to the big energy of, you know, yeah. the tour closer Sunday night thing with the runaway gym right after Landlady and then, you know, uh, stealing time pulled out of, you know, that kind of very pretty jam in 46 days into a I love that jam. Time. And I love that jam too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't even know. I, I think he, he was covering the range, I thought, pretty well, but he was was leaning in the other direction a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Justin, what were what was your highlight or a couple of highlights from that set? Because there's there was also nice the closer was uh was a nice jam to, yeah. to kind of bring it home. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think it was uh I listened to the show um twice on the way back this morning. And I think it was somewhere like the 13 to 14 minute range, but I thought it covered a fair amount of ground and uh, went somewhere. Um, uh, I thought it was a mostly, you know, the, the jams were pretty, um, were pretty happy. Um, And that's what I, you know, I just thought like a, like a happy uh, set closing, you know, people uh, singing along and, you know, and yeah, that was great. It was pretty triumphant as that closer, like really great peaks, tons of hose, like super high peaks. And the peaks in gym were really great too. And at 46 days, I think those two moments, I think that the set kind of struggled a little bit just in like energy from like Shack Shade halfway to the moon. But um, I think those songs just all together, even though Trey did nail Sugar Shack, right? Um, but I think that that pairing is not the best. I would definitely agree. Uh, I think Sugar Shack, Shade, and Halfway to the Moon uh, in a row. I think we needed something a little bit more uh, upbeat um, and, you know, in the middle there, as opposed to three slower songs in a row. Or just throw out Sugar Shack, and then and then we have two great songs. Yes. And, um, and Sugar Shack. Uh, I do wonder, I do wonder, like, the it's like the commitment to continuing to play play that song although he, I, thought Trey, I thought it was like well played but it's just sort of like the last night of the tour like yeah let's play sugar shack you know it's an interesting interesting choice um it's yeah. been a I did year see, it's Why been a year care, right i did i did see and everything's right i don't webcast many shows actually and i was watching last night and trey re- really i mean first of all everything's right has turned into this like just like you said megan kind of a triumphant song but also clearly the lyrics have like a lot of resonance with trey you could see him like pointing at the crowd while he was singing specific lines and i feel like he really has like um internalized those lyrics and like was trying to pass some lessons along to the crowd that, that was my my feeling while watching it anyway I love that. I've internalized them too. That song like meant so much to me during the pandemic. And I just, I, I love when they play it. I agree. He loves to play that song and he plays it really well. He does. And that's, that's a great version. I, I still think 46 days is probably my highlight for the set uh, because I, I thought the, I thought the jam was unique uh, to that 
version and certainly unique within the show. And uh, I would have liked more of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what was your uh, what was your overall highlight? You know, I gotta say the uh, the opening three songs, just because I will always go to fish uh, shows, always wanting to hear the old songs, and Landlady <laughs> being like a top two, three, four song for me. And to me, it's okay if, if Trey didn't play it perfectly. I'd much rather have heard it uh, played imperfectly than not heard it at all. Uh, that, that's I understand that's not you know how other people are, but um, I feel like I'm just that's how I am. I'll always be that way. Hearing those three songs to open the show gets me like, you know, pumped and, you know, I'm excited. You know, they can, <clears throat> there's not a lot they can do wrong after opening with those three. Jonathan, Megan, <laughs> do you guys have anything to add on the, on the set one front? No, I agree with no. the opening landlady. I just, I was super pumped. I feel like that's one of my favorite openers and yeah, another nod back. It made me think that they were going to, you know, do a huge jam in the second set, but um, yeah, no, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was okay. I really liked that everything's right. I think that'd probably be my highlight. I I would say that I will fight anyone who has a problem with halfway to the moon. Meet me Should we by the flagpole at three p.m. Should we tell? Should we tell someone to come find you? No, no, just at the flagpole after school. I'll be there. Okay, cool. Got They'll know where Got to it. go. They'll know where to go. Um, all right, so we're going to talk about Set Break quickly. Um, Set Break is brought to you by Sunset Lake CBD, and their line of smokable hemp products are for the old deadhead, not naming any names, or the young fish fan, also not naming any names, or the middle-aged fan of lots of different music. Um, anyway, smoking <laughs> CBD has all the, all the benefits of high THC cannabis without some of the side effects that some people some people have but they have nine different strains from this year's harvest so there's something for everyone hawaiian haze is awesome for an outdoor show cherry abacus is best for the end of the night and uh, look at that there's cherry abacus on our screen at this time from jonathan uh, all the flour is grown cured trimmed by sunset lake cbd farmers uh, they have an amazing farm to table approach and they ship really quickly directly from their farm to your door so you can check them out at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code hfpod for 20 percent off and thanks to Sunset Lake CBD. Um, Justin, tell us about your set break experience. Uh, I had a blast. Uh, I was with the same, I was with a lot of the same people all three nights. And, um, you know, everybody was just in such a great mood. And, you know, we were just, uh, you know, just laughing and, uh, you know, talking about other shows that we've been to uh, from the tour and just, you know, uh, oddball um occurrences on tour and just you know sharing funny stories and just laughing a lot uh uh was next to a really nice couple from chicago uh matt and jess uh all weekend was next to a guy named chris from philly who was a blast and just people who are just totally uh, uh there's a guy who's actually first show was 30 years ago was e either the one before mine or after mine like just really cool people like you know dream like uh show neighbors for the weekend awesome love that's really cool. good neighbors at the show oh yeah yeah that's the best so nice when it's like a multi-day run and you see the same people every night i feel like that's so fun 
Yeah, it's really cool. That's awesome. And it's nice to yeah, build that up over over the course of a few mm-hmm. nights. Um all right. So so set two cut starts and we get our ninth energy. First first one since uh fall twenty twenty one. Um that was a that was I guess Justin, what was the what was the the vibe when they when they busted out energy? I don't think people were uh I don't think people were expecting that. Um, I didn't <laughs> I didn't, I didn't hear that many, uh, calls, but I definitely, you know, didn't hear that, nor was I thinking it myself. And I was struggling to think of the last time I, uh, I heard it, but, um, I loved the, uh, I loved the opener. I thought it was the set to opener was great. You know, big dancing. Megan, you're a fan. I'm not a fan of the song Energy. Um, I like the jam that this went into. I'm sorry, John. This is like my non-fluffer episode, okay? I'm going off brand here today. So just everybody roll with it. Um, yeah, I just felt like it's, it's too kind of mellow to open a set. It's just, which is funny because it's named Energy, but I feel like it doesn't bring like that big like set two energy opener. And I just, you know, lyrically, it's not that great. I did think the jam got interesting now. There was like, tray pedal effects the synths came out like i thought i actually like the music that came out of it but i don't i don't love the song sorry just jonathan go ahead you got to respond i like this song um i also think that it's fine and good that they don't play it all the time it's not i mean it's a cover it's so I don't need this song to happen multiple times per tour. It's also not complicated enough that they need to play it a bunch of times to be good at it. So uh, it, it works just fine right here, like once a tour. And and I, I, I thought this version ripped. In fact, I, I'm going to go on record as saying, I think this whole set is pretty good. These first three songs, they're not long jams, but it still adds up to over 30 minutes of great music with probably, I don't know, maybe a ten, a 10 minutes worth of song and 20 minutes worth of jamming, and but three distinct jams. Uh, I, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I, I enjoyed this whole set, so I, I thought it started well and played out well. I mean, the Jabu is... Taboo shreds. RJ's talking on music. Sorry, Justin. You got three three songs here that were all like 10-ish minutes long. Um, Energy, Karajibu, Soul Planet. It, it seemed like, I guess on one hand, you could say that there's like a lot that they packed in, you know, sort of like you were talking about earlier. And in like they are with a lot of these jams. I mean, I don't think that Karajibu singing was more than like two minutes before they started jamming. So I'm wondering if that came across as a, as more of a jam focused set than maybe us listening back and hearing, you know, eight or nine minutes and then another song and then eight or nine minutes and then another song. Yeah. I think you can look at the, uh, you can look at energy and the God of Jabu and the soul planet as, as sort of one opening piece. Uh, like one of you said around like the 30 minute uh, mark for time. But um, uh, on paper, if I'm not at that show, I'm not going to be heartbroken that I didn't hear those three songs. But I absolutely, uh, like a lot of shows this tour, especially in the second set, songs I don't necessarily love, but it, the jamming was you know, purposeful and I actually liked it and said to myself either right after or after the show, um, that was actually pretty good. You know, that surprised me and how, and how much I enjoyed it. 
Jonathan, how did that segment feel to you, those three songs? It was great. It was just like, bam, bam, bam. Just like, you know, yes, they dropped in. We've said this a bunch of times throughout the store. I think, um, you know, Justin is kind of alluding to this same thing where at least for that first half an hour, the songs weren't really the thing. They were like uh, jumping off points. So they would play a song, jam for a while, resolve into another song, jam for a while, resolve into another song. Now, a lot of people I, I'm i seeing on the internet and in my uh, uh, HF pod text threads don't love the way they went into Rift. I kind of like, like, okay, if Trey's going to be done with this, the jam, Trey's going to be done with the jam. They're going to either full stop, he's going to do some off-key ripcord, or, you know, try something, which he did. I think he tried something. He stayed in the key of Soul Planet and did a variation on the rift, uh, the riff, rift, riff. Those two words should not go side by side. Um, that sounded a little more bluegrassy than, you know, the, the actual rift intro does. And it was a little... Well, it wasn't what everybody else was playing, but he kept it in key and tipped everybody off, and then they all jumped into Rift. And a good Rift. Couple notes missed, whatever. Pretty solid version. Um, it's not like they train-wrecked through the song, too. So uh, I quite liked that. Justin, what about what was your feeling about that That segue? When I heard it this morning, I like I made a face, that even though I was by myself. I was like, oh, <laughs> felt a little uh, like a little jarred. It, it was choppy. It was. It definitely felt uh, forced and, and abrasive to me. And I believe that Rift is my most seen song. Uh, incredibly, <laughs> so I don't get as excited. I, I'm spoiled in that uh, regard, and that I don't get as excited as some people do, which is <laughs> it's like for somebody to be like, oh, Rift. Uh, but yeah, yeah, choppy is a is a is a kind way of saying that the. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I was job. nervous. I was nervous listening to it because I felt like, you know, I didn't, I thought the Soul Planet jam was just okay. It almost felt like a little messy. The peaks just didn't feel like clean and tight. And then when they started playing Rift, I was like, this could be bad, but it, was, it wasn't bad at all. I thought it was a great Rift. And then Reba was like two very complicated songs to play, but I thought they did a nice, it, they were nice. I thought they were good versions of both of those songs. I, I thought it was a, a very good Reba. Yeah, it, it was fine. Yeah, it just wasn't like transcendent in the way to me that some Rebas can be. You're holding that bar really high. Um, yeah. I think it was really good. I really like, I was transcending uh, about 30, 40 minutes ago when I was listening to it. So you might want <laughs> I'm to I'm so again. glad. I'm so glad. You know, I've only listened to it once, so maybe that's my fault. Justin, maybe what's your take on the Reba? Um, I love the Reba. And Reba, uh, as I, I guess I'm a, I'm a Reba good luck charm as uh, I did a, a re help do a recap with you guys for Blossom and they played Reba as well. I just float to somewhere else during that song. So it's like, I, I can't compare the version I heard at MSG to the version I heard at Blossom to the version I heard last night because it's, it's one of my, you know, two, three, four favorite songs. To me, it's the quintessential fish song. It has everything. And it's one of those songs I, I never, ever, ever get sick of uh, yes, hearing. Right it, it, yeah. It's such an, an emotional adventure uh, each time and brings me to like my happy, you know, uh, 
my it was one of my first it was one of my the first fish songs I fell in love with and I got to see it in the early 90s a bunch and it's, you know I never get sick of it I love that song they crushed it yeah it's I the think best the, only, song the only time it doesn't work is when it really doesn't work and there have been those mm-hmm. in the past and times we don't need to dwell on where certain band members weren't uh bringing that song across the finish line uh, reliably. That's right. Those times are not la- not this week, not this tour. I think they're doing a fine yeah. job with it. What um so this this Martian monster broken heart attack by a guy named Jerry Reed and Jonathan would probably be surprised to know that I've never heard of Jerry Reed until this morning. <laughs> um and then like the hold your head up thing and then back into Martian monster. It seems like things got like a little, you know, light at that point, which is, which is cool. And it seems like that's probably what they, what they needed or what they wanted. Um, what, what was that sort of like whole segment like for you, Justin? <laughs> I love Fishman running around on stage. Another thing I never get sick of is, uh, you know, zany uh, Fishman antics. And uh, I'd forgotten how small Fishman is uh, when he was standing at the front of the stage. There. <laughs> he was running around and then, Stood up on um, Paige's piano. I just thought the whole thing was, you know, it's absurd, but it's great and it makes everybody uh, crack up. And it's, you know, there's there's better ways to spend however many minutes that was, in my opinion. But yeah, it's it's what they needed, and it was hilarious. And I love. It. Yeah, it's like old school fish, right? Whenever. Fishman runs around and does stuff like that. I feel like it's like a throwback and we don't get it very often. So it's fun. Yeah. 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 Kind of makes me sad that they don't give Fishman these segments that much anymore. Maybe once a tour, but uh, so I try to save them when they happen. Right. And uh, I, I love, <laughs> love this call. Jerry Reed was a country singer, RJ, for your information. You might Thank know you. the song Eastbound and Down from Smokey and the Bandit. You know, he wrote yep. that. Um, okay. He wrote, uh, She Got the Gold Mine and I Got the Shaft. You know that one? That's a good, that's a good classic. No, but that uh, sounds anyways. awful. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, I love this. This was so cool. Fishman singing Jerry Reed and, you know, what I what I also love as much, if not more, was that when he was done and the running around and he goes behind the drum kit and he gets on the marimba lumina, J- Trey doesn't want to get off the drums. Paige moves from hold your head up into uh, yes, I think a divorce reference less. Uh, it gets over is trying to go back to Martian monster, but Fish can't really play Martian monster on the marimba lumina because he's you know yeah. he knows what he knows how to play right. And so then Paige kind of adapts to what he's doing. It's kind of a weird, it's a atonal jam. It's like they're they're fucking around. Somebody was it Brian who said in our text thread he thought they might go to a rotation jam at that point, which yeah. would have been would have been amazing. But that's that okay. So cool. Then Trey finally got up and we got back on track. And um, but yeah, that that was that was a lot of fun and. When Fish is having fun on stage, I'm having fun. Yeah, we don't see it that much. I mean, like, Hold Your Head not Up like is that. not a... No, but I mean, I think this this was our first Hold Your Head Up since, in person, since 2019. Wow. And because they did it at the, the New Year's show 
but mm-hmm. since I think since 12, 4, 19 with Jonathan and I were at that show in Pittsburgh together. So it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, Justin, was it a welcome return for, for hold your head up? It was, I was at that uh, Pittsburgh show too. That was bike right at the end. Somebody had a yeah. sign, yeah. I believe with some uh, quoting uh, some bike. Yeah. Uh, lyrics or something. Terrible. It was terrible. Oh, uh, my bad. My bad. Uh, Different Barrett song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's been uh, that's been a bunch of shows. Uh, without the H Y H U, I think I last heard a vacuum at um, uh, Atlantic City 2021. So I hadn't heard any vacuum hijinks all summer. So yeah, it was a it was welcome, and I, I didn't think it was coming. And I'd asked a couple of people, do you, you know, do you see a vacuum? Do you see a megaphone? Is there any, you know? Uh, so I was wondering if we were going to see any vacuum. Yeah, I mean, to bring the symbols back. So, so all that, all those, all those hijinks. I think Brian, who you know, I don't want to speak for him, but I, but I will quote him because he told us that he was he was feeling like we needed something. Everyone was kind of like waiting for something, something big at the end, and I guess that's part of the challenge of having expectations at a concert but it does seem like the possum and the slave like close things out i, I wondered like how 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 do you feel about that justin about those that combo of songs to close it out um after you know this all this crazy nonsense in the middle um a buddy of mine from michigan came to alpine three after not being able to see a couple of shows he'd planned on seeing earlier in the tour this was his first show and his favorite song is possum so the first thing i thought of was that i was super happy uh, for him uh, to get his favorite song at his first show. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was, I, I thought it was probably the right song to call or one of a, a few right songs to call at that point. Um, and then the slave was, you know, I thought it was the right uh, closing one, two uh, for that set based on what had just happened in the set prior. Yeah. A couple good 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 back. Yeah, old school fish songs. That's what you got to play there. Yeah, and and possum's a good way to come up from like a stopping point after all of that. Like we got yeah. we got to go back. All right, let's start with a good possum and Trey yelling about Moses and all of this stuff and just he was really kinda, into that. Yeah, man, Trey was having a good time. I like a possum intro. A possum intro should be a place for fun and gags yeah. you know we used to get signals all the time during them and all that kind of stuff and that stuff's gone by the wayside so you know let's uh stay fired up and have a good time and wrap up the show with a bang i, I got to watch the um slave i started walking towards the entrance and i watched it from the vantage point of where i could see you know everything from the pit to the you know pavilion and way up you know on the lawn and just watching, you know, the whole crowd as a whole during Slave and the peaks and stuff was really, that was really cool. Uh, it was, you know, it was just uh, a fun way to close out the second set for me, watching it from there. That's awesome. That's really cool. They they played the the waste into first tube. I think this was like the fifth first tube of the of the tour, um, which is a lot. Five out of twenty whatever, 22 shows or, or 20, 21. Um, I, but it never like, that's, it's always, it's a good way to cap off a cap off a show. Um, I guess we'll, let's just, let's talk about the, the 
lasting highlight of the show, which is brought to you by our friends at Fans for Racial Equity. They're seeking to build an anti-racist live music scene and promote liberation through racial equity in the world at large by activating the collective power of our community. They're really awesome. They're they're partners of ours. And to check them out, free um, is, is the acronym. They do education, outreach, and community partnership programs. They volunteer at shows. Um, they're doing a lot to try to educate people about about racial equity. So go to uh, fansforracialequity.org and um, check them out. And and we're doing this segment sponsored by Free, that the lasting highlight of the show. Um, Justin, what's your lasting highlight? Um, you know, uh, it could be a few different things, but I think how overwhelmingly happy uh, I saw so many people around me during Divided Sky, everybody hugging each other. And um, like that's, maybe that's not a, a musical memory, but that's an emotional memory from the, from the weekend. And uh, it was just, it was like everybody around me. It was like, I was in the happiest like little corner of the universe for a few minutes. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Love that. That is great. Do you have, Justin, do you have a lasting memory for the whole weekend? Is there one moment of the three night run that sticks out for you? Um, can we come back to me in just one second? Yes, of course. Um, that sounds fair. M- Megan, what's your lasting memory of the show that you absolutely loved? I mean, I think the thing that I'll remember the most about the show is just, <laughs> RJ's laughing, is just that um, expectations are so incredibly high for this band, particularly in Alpine Valley, too, after the show that shows that they've played there in the past. And I think it being the tour closer, there was just a really high bar for them to reach this weekend. And it was you know, pretty unfair, honestly. But I think that at the end of the day, they have played an incredible tour, like one of the best summer tours in a long time. And I'll just remember that this tour was so spectacular that it didn't need that monster show to end it out to still be amazing. Um, But I think seeing Fishman on top of that piano is probably the thing that I'll remember the most about the show. (laughs) What about you, Jonathan? Well, uh, you know, I was thinking as we were approaching this segment that this Martian monster broken heart attack, which for now is a singular performance. Who knows if we'll see this again, especially given the general rarity of the Fishman uh, solo slot. But at the same time, I think this 46 days jam is something I'm going to be going back to. Um I do think, you know, Megan raises a good point. Expectations are the mind killer. They are the time killer. Uh, and uh, they'll get you. Um, I think it's a, not a perfect show, but it's a, it's not a bad show. And, you know, given the level at which this tour has been, I think it's still pretty good. Um, I I. While she was saying that all of that, I, I was remembering seeing going on Live Fish this morning and seeing some of the reviews. And uh, Megan said that this is one of the better tour, summer tours in a while, where some clown over there said it's the worst tour since summer 04. Worst tour closer since summer 04, which let me point out, <laughs> the tour closer really... for summer 04 was Coventry. Yeah, so, I mean, that's um, it's incredibly unfair. People are hilarious. I just yeah. want to say, you don't need to go to a stand-up comedy club to have a good laugh. Um, 
That's amazing. So, thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, Justin, what, <laughs> before I get your, uh, your, your highlight of the weekend, if you have one, I was, we, we caused some trouble this weekend on the internet by talking about Petrichor <laughs> and how great I thought it was. Um, it seemed to me like there was a pretty like long applause at, at the end of Petrichor. Just curious how, how that hit you in the, in the moment in the, in the, at the show on Saturday. Uh, that was my lasting impression uh, from the weekend when I asked for a moment. That's what I did. Oh, that's so, so and, uh, convenient. Amazing. <laughs> the way, like, we were towards the back of the, or, you know, the last, like, 10 rows of the pavilion that wasn't getting rained on. So people, like, really smushed down there. And I thought everybody was really patient with each other with the weather and stuff. But people were also really patient with the band. I thought people were re really quiet. And they really gave the song a, a chance to to be meaningful, especially in the context with you know it raining and stuff like that. And um, that was something I'll, um, you know, that was something I'll always remember. Uh, so that'd be my number one uh, memory from the um, uh, from the weekend. I'd like to thank you for justifying RJ's feelings of Petrichor. I like it too, though. So, uh, but that's great. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying, you know, if you're there, I just heard like a long, a long sustained applause at the end. And I think that's cool. I think it, um, like when they started, you could hear there was like at first some like clapping and then some like silence. And you could tell that people weren't really sure how to react. But at the end, it was just nice. It felt like a nice moment to give, give them a little bit of, you know, thanks for, for taking the time to do that. Um, I don't know. I think there, there's a lot of conversation about that song. You know, it's like it's pretty polarizing, but it sounded to me like it like it worked in that setting. It's not like it's they spent time for it's elastic. Yeah, seriously. Right, that's the other one. That's yeah. the other one. I mean, I think Petrichor is interesting because it is it's an incredible piece of music, but it is something that's hard to hear at a rock concert, right? It is it like you were saying, Justin. It takes patience. It takes quiet. It's you know, it's it's a long composition, and it's um, I saw the the New Year's Eve on 2016, I think, when they played it. And it was incredible, but it was also hard to hear on New Year's Eve when everybody's like partying and raging. You know, it's just so it's definitely a song that you have to be ready to appreciate. So that's really cool that that you feel like people were. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Justin, before we let you go, what um, how did this weekend stack up just in terms of like you saw a lot of shows this summer? Just curious how it stack not necessarily in terms of how it ranks uh, you know relative to other shows you saw but just sort of your summary now that you've seen a bunch of this tour which is now over for now um you know i had a blast and that's what i you know look for is i don't need to say oh that you know the shows i saw were you know an average of a 4.25 and i was expecting <laughs> higher i had so much fun uh this weekend and my wife and i had you know just a blast the people i met um, you know, the people that I, you know, I mentioned people I ran into at a bunch of other tour stops, you know, just so many cool, like synchronistic, like fish moments, um, that I'll always remember. And it's okay that the, the shows weren't the best. Um, I, I also want to just say, um, I do think that this was a better tour closer than the fall 19 tour closer in Charleston. I think that's fair and probably yeah. controversial among somebody out there, but I'm with you. I got your back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Justin, where are you going to Dick's? 
still up in the air. Uh, depends <laughs> for, for, if it depends if we get any dates for later in the year. Mm. Yeah, uh, when are those coming yeah. out? Tough gamble. Um, no idea. No idea. We don't know anything. All all well, I know for sure. Oh, Jonathan, go ahead. I was going to say there's stands tickets starting to pop. So, uh, you know, keep your eyes open. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, uh, it's it's going to be great. And I'm not going to be there. So it means it's going to be extra great. Exactly. Um, you know, going to play like Aculus because <laughs> me and RJ are going to be there. So have fun, everybody. You're welcome. I will. <laughs> so 20, 22 shows in, and we, we've done 22 quick hits, 22 days. We've, we've brought you this this show. And um, I just want to say thanks to everyone for tuning into these live and, and for listening after on the podcast. Um, it's really fun to do. And Justin, thanks for taking time to do this today. And um, thanks, Jonathan and Megan, for spending time with me. Thanks for having me, guys. Loved it. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, thank you, Justin. See you guys. And to, to everyone else, see you later. We'll see you soon. Actually, we'll be back with with regular HF pods between now and Dicks, and then we'll have some Dicks recaps as well. I guess we'll just keep keep on talking about fish, guys. What do you say? Yeah, we'll be here on Wednesday. All right. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.